0: Oh, man, you know what, Duke? I don't even know where to go with this segment. We had so many. I mean, between the $6 million man and just got a text in from Louis DeBrusque who's on his way to the rink for the Oilers' morning skate. Uh, hey, bud, just listening, this comes from Louis. As I had to head to the rink, in all the years that I've had trail cameras out looking for deer, moose, elk, etc. cetera, I've only got one picture of a raccoon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, they are around, just not very many of them. Nocturnal. Don't see them too often during the day. Old uh, Lewin, again, he's got stands everywhere, I think. <laughs> uh, Oilers uh set to take the morning skate. And uh, what am I missing here? Da-da-da, no, sorry, yeah. Uh, we'll get to some of these texts in a minute, but... Uh, uh, Duke and I'll talk a little NFL, but uh, sorry, I've got to just get this fired up. Uh, my apologies. Uh, Beer Man says on one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty the best uh, the best thing about the six million dollar man was the deep 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 noise. And I, do you, have you, did you see? Have you seen any episodes? I have seen okay.
1: like I, I don't even know if a full episode would do it. Just like clips uh, yeah. from over the years, and you, and like it is funny because obviously it is from such a. No offense, Kevin. Long yeah. time ago, that you know everything from the the special effects and the um like the, the the prosthetics or whatever you want to call it on on the on the character. Like it's it's kind of laughable mm-hmm. now, but at the time, right? Yeah. Like that was kind of like cutting edge. But like it, holy, they they was. did this guy up like he's a robot.
0: He could jump over you know big tall fences and the gates <laughs> and things like that. And it was I don't beer man's kind of going deep deep, but it was also that na 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 like the the sound the sound of when he would jump and things like that. Oh. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Rob says, what was hilarious about the $6 million man, that he could see a woman from two kilometers away. (laughs) Then the $6 million woman came in, and she could eavesdrop from two kilometers away.
1: I noticed uh, Laddie didn't uh,
0: add anything (laughs) about that, like he was during the break. He did say before his wife, Kim, got in. (laughs) Before saying, uh, uh, yeah,
1: his uh, his wife uh, also comparable to the $6 million woman with her hearing ability.
0: She could hear, yes. (laughs) Oh. I don't... uh, um, Louis, here's a text from Louis, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. It's a good one. Uh, Louis goes, uh, NHL fan from outside oil country. I would also think the Oilers are a great team and a cup contender, no doubt. But when things go sideways, like injuries, uh, thing they will start calling Edmonton chokers, saying these guys are wasting McDavid, uh, dry settles career, yada, yada, yada. It's either cup or chokers in the eyes of outside NHL fans. For Edmonton fans, we know this team like we know our kids. We know everything. So basically it's trying to say, what I'm trying to say is that it's scary to know how tight they are on a cap and how quick this can turn with one injury. Well, Louis, you could say that about almost every contending team in the NHL. That's how tight it is, how tight teams are to the cap, how devastating one or two injuries can be. You heard Allison and Luke talk about the Seattle Kraken, even with guys out like Vince Dunn, with Matty Beneers, uh, question mark. These teams, every team is up against the salary cap. They don't have ways to move. They don't have in excessive draft picks where they can say we're going to bundle a whole bunch together, take some of the cap, take some of our salary. You know, Arizona did this for years with dead cap space. A lot of teams just don't have the ability to do that. And you can't. It's so hard to have success in the Stanley Cup playoffs. There isn't one person. There isn't one person that would say the Vegas Golden Knights would have won the Stanley Cup with who they had in net last year going into the playoffs. It's that simple. That's just the way it is. There are holes in every roster. Tampa Bay Lightning, when the Lightning were having, you know, really good success, one of the very few teams where you had a legitimate Vezina Trophy winner or candidate in Vasilevsky. A legitimate Norris Trophy winner or candidate in Victor Hedman. A legitimate Hart Trophy Art Ross score in either A or B, Steven Stamkos or Nikita Kucherov. To roster and build a roster like this is almost impossible now. I mean, look at Tampa. I mean, Steven Stamkos, he ain't happy. He's not happy moving forward. Doesn't have a contract. GM Patrice Prisbos is says, uh, "We're not, uh, we're not moving him. We're not moving him." Uh, it, it is tough to build a roster. There are always holes, and that is why you need guys that are your million dollar players, rookie contracts to step up and make a difference. The Oilers are in that position right now. I mean with guys that are on ir right now guys that are million dollar contracts that need to make a difference uh down the stretch aka a dylan holloway text one 833 we better go to a little uh, nfl duke, or we're not going to touch on it at all um things start with your houston texans on saturday it's just two days away duke did your dad call you to say he's got a bunch of stuff to do on the...
1: Nothing, nothing yet. So I sent the text to my sister uh, who had requested my help on Saturday doing some uh, some tagging of some calves that kind of uh-huh. fell by the wayside with the cold weather and whatever, more so keeping the animals alive and getting them identified priority. So anyway, uh, but she said, yeah, that uh, never mind because she'd forgot she'd already... Promised her sister in law, her husband's sister, that she'd give them a hand processing some calves Saturday, <laughs> so I might be off the hook. But now I'm just getting a text this morning from uh, the group chat of a couple of my buddies from back in Dublin that I forgot I'd already agreed to go to the Rebels game Saturday night in Red oh. Deer. Um, so that's that's You're it a at busy night. Man. That's You're at a busy night, man. obviously. So I'll catch the Texans game in the afternoon. Then um, you know, obviously, the start of. The, uh, the Niners game against the Packers and I'll be honest while I'm sitting there in the uh, P V Mart centrium <laughs> as it's now called yeah. uh, taking the game in and maybe enjoying a few cold ones with uh, some good friends I think I'll probably have the football game uh, upstreaming on my
0: phone the right. entire time. Out of the four games Duke which game do you think will be the closest and would it be Kansas City and Buffalo?
1: I, th- I think so, yeah. I mean, the, the lines, obviously, the actual uh, betting lines point that way. I think the spread on that game's two and a half. Every other one is at least six. Uh, last time I checked, uh, as of last night, so... I really like the Bills' chances here. Yes, they're at home, and yes, they're going up against Patrick Mahomes, who is, um, you know, when you have the best player, which Patrick Mahomes is, no matter what game he's playing, who he's playing against, he is the best player in the league. You're always going to give them a, a pretty good fighting chance. but And that combined with the Bills' injuries on defense, uh, they're mm-hmm. banged up, even if some of the guys that went down last week play Obviously not going to be at 100. percent So this has the making of another uh, another great classic game between these two teams. We've seen a number of them over the years. I like the Bills still. I'm not sure I like them to cover though because this might be a like field goal to win it, um to win by one or two or whatever the right. case to cover the the cover the two and a half. I'm not sure. Uh, otherwise, uh, I could ex- like I. I think the Packers keep it pretty close Saturday
0: night, but I think the Niners still win probably pretty handily. So just to, before we get to the other games, so I'd, if Kansas City wins, I don't think it's an upset because Kansas City, you're no. defending Super Bowl champs. You know what it takes to win. You're shy at receiver. You are shy at receiver, but... Again, Buffalo with some injuries. I don't think whoever wins that game, if you say Kansas City beats Buffalo, I don't consider it an upset. Out of the three remaining games, which team in your mind has the potential for an upset? Because those are upset games. Hmm.
1: I I, I wanna say my Texans but I actually think the stronger answer might actually be the Packers. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, like I still believe the Niners are the best team in the NFL. The Ravens, of course, uh, beat them. we kind of beat the wheels off them uh, in one of the final weeks of the regular season, which was a, a treat of a game. I'll say the Texans just because of C.J. Stroud and what we've seen from him. Baltimore's defense is a yeah. new animal. It is much better than the Br- – I mean, Brown's defense is great, but on the road, they were pretty suspect all year. We saw that come to light against the Texans last week at NRG. Houston now on the road heading into Baltimore – a big test Uh, but I like when you have CJ Stroud like I said he's a he's a difference maker at his position I'm not sure he can maybe say that about Jordan Love I really don't think he can say that about Baker Mayfield I've loved what he's done this year but I think CJ Stroud maybe gives his team the best chance at an upset
0: I don't know what the spread is on the uh, Tampa Detroit game today oh oh,
1: Tampa Detroit six I think last time I checked
0: if Detroit were to cover and let's just say they win by 10 or 12 or whatever you want to call it how bad does that show you how Philadelphia is?
1: Yeah, that that's that's ugly. That's ugly. And, and Tampa's a good team, right? Mm-hmm. It's what almost makes their win last week more impressive, besides the fact the Eagles stink, is that they kind of did it without really using their big weapons. Like Godwin had the, the garbage time touchdown. Mike Evans had a few drops that could have helped his numbers a bit, but it wasn't overwhelming, right? I think he only had three catches. So um, they they Rashad White is... It's still, I think, underrated in what he can do. They ran the ball well after not doing it all season against mm-hmm. that soft uh, Eagles D. Yeah, like if, if the Lions make make this like quick work of the Buccaneers, it is an even further indictment on the Eagles. But we were talking about with Laddie in the break. I, I do still think the Eagles will bring back Nick Sirianni all the same, just uh, get him a couple good coordinators like he had last season and um, uh, Gannon and... Um, uh, Steichen Shane Steichen pardon mm-hmm. me so it's like I said, do I think Nick Seriano is a great coach no but I think he's a good enough coach that if he has good coordinators they can kind of get back to contention
0: uh, quick Tex, uh, a couple in, and an imitation Tom's on your side, uh, Duke. I'd lean on the Texans if they had Tank Dell. It's a no, big, big loss. And, is, no, but, and no Noah Brown. Yeah, not many weapons right now. However, yeah. Nico Collins is proving that he is a high, a high echelon receiver right now in this league, and he has that chemistry he's, with C.J. Stroud. When you're hot,
1: you're hot, and yeah. he he's a hot hand. Dalton Schultz, a good, uh, reliable weapon too. And Devin Singletary's been running the ball quite well the back half of this season. So I'm not, I'm not counting the Texans out. They're heavy underdogs as well. Um, but I'll say of the, of the dogs outside Casey, I'll, I'll put my Texans as the best chance at the
0: upset. Mm-hmm. We'll get to some of your texts a, a bit later to wrap up the show. We've got about, well oh, 10, 12 to get to, uh, when we come back, Matt Devlin, Toronto Raptors play-by-play man, will be our guest on sports 1440 right after the break. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Really excited to talk to our next guest as we uh, check in with the Toronto Raptors and uh, play-by-play man Matt Devlin as we welcome Matt into the show. Uh, Matt, thanks for hopping on and good morning.
2: Good morning. How are you doing?
0: Oh, doing great here. It's just a little chillier in Edmonton, but uh, not as bad as it was last week. So we're looking forward to a little bit of a heat wave uh, next week. And uh, talking about heat, well, that's uh, where the Raptors, uh, where we are going to start with the, the win last night. First of all, before we get to the trades, Matt, what did you make of the Raptors' uh, 121-97 uh, victory last night?
2: Well, it was impressive. And it started right off the opening tip. Uh, going on a 10-0 run, and in that opening quarter, outscoring the Heat 41-18, and then ultimately in the third quarter, with the Heat making a push, outscoring the Raptors 30 to 16. Fourth quarter, Scotty Barnes did an amazing job, you know, running the show, scoring nine points, um, five assists during that stretch, and and ultimately they withstood a run, and and it was. Uh, on an emotional day for the Raptors with the trade of Pascal Siakam, uh, impressive that they came out and played the way that they did. And now you have Chicago tonight. We mm-hmm. didn't last night. They were in town. And, you know, the ability to sustain that energy and intensity will be key.
0: How tough do you think that was, Matt, for the players on such a, an emotional day to come up with, a you know, a rock-solid performance like that? Well, I
2: think, you know, those opportunities to play for some were there and they took advantage of it. And I think it's difficult, however, maybe a little bit muted based upon the fact that they had just lived through that with OG Ananobi. And, you know, two of the players uh, that performed at an elite level yesterday and RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly had only been teammates of Pascal Siakam for a few weeks. So, But ultimately, uh, for Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent Jr. and Chris Boucher, who is the last remaining player uh, from the 2019 championship run, uh, it is emotional. And you uh, are there every single day traveling with uh, your teammates. You're in the locker room. You're spending more time with them than you are your family during the season. And uh, whether it's... you know, whether it was inevitably going to happen, because as we know, the rumors were out there, it's still when it does happen, um, it it does provide a little bit of a shock. I think that the OG trade probably was more shocking based upon the timeline, right, when it happened on a Saturday, when typically those sort of trades don't happen at that time of the year, at the end of December. Um, so I think after they... You know, experienced that. Maybe this was a little bit different, but still, you're taking all those emotions in. Um, and for Pascal, it has to be emotional. He, you know, was an unbelievable player for the Raptors, uh, 27th overall pick out of New Mexico State in Las Cruces, New Mexico, playing out of the Mountain West, and. Uh, the day in which he was drafted you could read all the draft boards and all the sites that you know said you know what they said about pascal mm-hmm. and he made himself into an all nba player and a key piece to the 2019 title run uh, and it speaks so much about who he is as a person Uh, his dedication to his craft and to the sport, that he ultimately uh, became the player that he is today. And he has an opportunity now to go to Indiana uh, with a team that right now is in seventh. But I think alongside Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner, a stretch five, uh, they're going to be extremely dangerous.
0: Matt Devlin, our guest on Sports 1440, uh, in that kind of same breath uh, with the trades that have happened with the the Raptors, uh, Matt, what do you think of the haul that the Raptors uh, got in return?
2: Well, I think when you look at it collectively, you have OG Ananobi, who's a 20th overall pick, Pascal Siakam, 27, both in expiring deals, Pascal unrestricted, um, OG restricted, and you end up with... Uh, two starters and R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Mm quickly, as well as the second round pick there that's going to be 31 or 32. uh, It's Detroit's. And then you end up in Pascal's situation with three first round picks, two this year. Uh, as well as Bruce Brown um, and, and a couple of other players, Lewis and Dewara. But Bruce Brown uh, is a player that uh, has won a title with Denver. And if, if you're a team that feels as though you're in contention, uh, he doing this deal yesterday still allows the Raptors flexibility to quite possibly do another deal. And so you have three first-round picks, two in 2024, Uh, You also have your own that's top six protected because of the Yakov deal. uh, And then the 2026 first round pick Mm -hmm. uh, that the Raptors have as well uh, in that deal. So I I, I say to people all the time that when you have an expiring contract um, and you're able to get – assets as the Raptors did you're, you're getting back a player Bruce Brown that a lot of people like so whether you decide to keep him or trade him uh, you can do that or and then in addition to that you got three first round picks yeah. um, so I, I think that for the Raptors they did an exceptional job given uh, where they were at this time uh, knowing that ultimately they were going to make uh, the deals to reset to give the basketball to Scotty Barnes
0: what what are the chances you think they flip Brown here in the next little bit? Well, I think I think there's
2: a I think that that's a possibility because mm-hmm. you have a player uh that, you know, was a key piece in Denver winning the title. They just couldn't keep him because of the finances. Indiana went out and they uh paid him big money and he ended up um you know, struggling a little bit, you know, there this year. But I think ultimately, uh, if you're a team uh, in the NBA that uh, is looking for uh, a, a piece off of the bench uh, that can help you, um, I think that that's something that uh, is going to be looked at. He's 27 years of age, um, you know, spent time with Detroit and Brooklyn, uh, three-point shooter, you know this year he's struggling a little bit there 33% last year 36 the year before that 40% but he is averaging a career high in points coming uh in as a starter in Indiana but a year ago in Denver he came off of the bench average 11 and a half and i think that's probably how a lot of people you know would look at uh Bruce Brown as somebody to to come off of the bench and, and play a key role he's making he signed a 2-year 45 million dollar deal so he's making 22 million this year and next year it's a team option for 23 so i think that there's an immense amount of value there if the raptors want to uh, make a deal
0: Matt Devlin, our guest on Sports fourteen forty. Matt, I want to kind of touch on your career and and things like that for a bit, and hope you're okay with that. And just the the fact that uh, you know you've been you know synonymous with the Raptors for like fifteen years now, and just you know coming to Canada and what has that been like in the sense of growing uh, with the sport in Canada, with the Raptors to to be a part of a a, a championship. What's that experience been like for you?
2: Well, it's been a dream, and moved here in 08 with my family and uh, there were some years I was mentioning to somebody earlier today, you know, talking about you know, just the growth of, of the game of basketball and the Toronto Raptors specifically. There were years where you know, I was broadcasting for a team that was 22 and 60 and the following year they won 23 games and uh, and then this unbelievable decade uh, you can put Tampa aside um, because the team was, you know, down there because of the pandemic, and the Raptors over that course of a decade have have won as many games as as anybody in the NBA. They're they're top three, and so this fan base has has just seen winning year in and year out, and it has been remarkable. And the stories that you hear, the growth of the game, and certainly the 2019 title run. Uh, brought all of that to the forefront over that two-month stretch and uh, so it's been a special time and I see it growing even more and Mm -hmm. and why is that because well outside of the United States Canada has the second most NBA players in the NBA and that's now been for five consecutive years and there's no stopping that and now the Raptors have R.J. Barrett who grew up in Mississauga born in Toronto grew up in Mississauga he's playing for the Toronto Raptors you see Shay Gilgis Alexander, one of the top 10 players in the NBA, plays for Oklahoma City. The Team Canada winning bronze um, this past summer at the World Cup. And so all these uh, moments, you put them together. And right now, you're, you know, it's the continuation of this unbelievable time in Canada where there's just going to be more and more Canadians that are going to be playing in the NBA. And I don't see it stopping anytime soon. And, and I think that uh, over the course of the next decade, Uh, That number is just going to continue to grow.
0: You know, even 3x3, Matt, you know, in in Edmonton we have so many 3x3 players that have done so well, men's and women's. So that's another another part of Canadian basketball that hopefully will continue uh, to grow. So for you to work with two analysts and so two different analysts in Jack Armstrong and Alvin Williams... How do you, uh, I guess, prepare game to game when you know, I mean, each person offers such a different perspective and uh, a uniqueness to their personality. What's that like for you to kind of bounce off each other uh, on other networks, I guess, uh, so to speak?
2: Yeah, well, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I've known Jack for, Oof, you know it's been 25 26 years i first worked with jack back in the 90s <laughs> uh late 90s and so i've known him even you know before i came here uh and we are great friends and i think that that uh, shows up on the air and i'm really uh, great friends with Albert Williams. I think he, he, I think people forget that you know he made the transition from studio to games, and that is a big transition. And he's early in his career, and he provides an unbelievable perspective from the standpoint as an ex NBA player. He can see so many things on the floor, and not only as an ex NBA player, but also as a scout in the NBA. He's been a scout. He's been a coach in the NBA and there's just so much value in what he brings as well so I have a lot of fun working with both they're great individuals Uh, they're you know outstanding people to work with on a daily basis and it's it's just a lot of fun And, and I'll say this that You know, for them, it it, you know they'll go a stretch where they may not have a game for a week, and then come in, and then Mm -hmm. you know the next one will have a game for a you know uh, for a week, and then they come back in, and so sometimes you know that it may be a little bit more difficult on them, right? Because there's a rhythm to the season, Um, and now you know we'll have Sportsnet tonight, and and as we did last night, and so that's beneficial uh, for. You know, Alvin and the crew and everyone because there's a comfort zone there. And then when the games switch back over to Jack and TSN, there's a comfort level as you get into the rhythm of having a couple of those. But crew does an amazing job, and I'm very fortunate and blessed to work with people like Alvin uh, and Jack.
0: Well said. Matt Devlin, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. In the summer, Matt, you get to, I guess, pinch hit, so to speak, for Dan Schulman. the odd time doing Blue Jays baseball. A lot of the games are down in uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay. Uh, how much fun do you have calling those games?
2: Well, I love it. It's, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun. Whenever they call, I try to make room in my summer. Uh, you know, I spend an immense amount of time on the road as as you know you're you know Mm -hmm. anybody that watches the games knows so uh for me um you know summer times are always sacred with the family but any chance i get an opportunity uh when asked to to fill in I'm, i'm more than happy to do so i started out in baseball spent seven years calling minor league baseball games in the midwest league the california league and the eastern league and uh rode the buses uh you know 7 hours 14 hours and all of that as i put in time broadcasting uh as i was also doing high school sports and college sports and and all the other different things trying to hone my craft so uh it's always fun and and i i have shared this uh in the past i'll, I'll never forget in 1993 i was announcing for the Palm Springs Angels hmm. and on an off day i drove in uh, to Anaheim Stadium at that time and it was the Blue Jays and the Angels and I introduced myself I got a press pass, uh introduced myself to Tom and Jerry. Oh wow uh, and you know said, you know, you know, hi, you know, Matt Devlin. I work with the Palm Springs Angels and, you know, I've just started out in, in this, you know, profession mm-hmm. and they were both so exceptional uh to me. Mm-hmm. Uh Tom uh said, Hey, how do you keep score? You know, what do you use? Well, I I well there, and he takes a scorecard out, rips it out of his um uh book and says, Here, you can use this and just get a you know, copy of it. I got this originally from Jack Buck and changed some things and you know, how do you cause remember this is before uh, computers right mm-hmm. and, and laptops and and the internet and all those things that you know back then you're you're actually just taking box scores out of the newspaper and and everything else and he showed me how he kept track of all of that through you know this binder that he kept three ring binder and i adopted that and then he also took out these sheets of paper that he gave me that had like the pitching, uh, records that you would hand write in. And so I'd sit there after every game, I go back to the motel six and, and sit there and hand write in everything and all the things that Tom did. And then Jerry said, Hey, here's my, uh, address. When you have a cassette tape that you feel comfortable with, please send it to me. And I did. And he wrote back and, you know, gave me some unbelievable advice. So for me, any time that I get that opportunity, and as you know, some yeah. some seasons I, I pop in, some seasons I don't, uh, but I remember the first time walking into a Jay's uh, booth and how that felt for me kind of full circle, and I thought of uh, Tom and Jerry at that time, and at that point, you know, Jerry was still a part of the radio broadcasts, and I expressed all of that to him, which was, um, you know... Mm-hmm. Not only special for me, but uh, it was great to see the the reaction and response of, of Jerry. Uh,
0: that's just a wonderful story. Is we're, we're with uh, Matt Devlin, Toronto Raptors play by play man. So when you have to do uh, the pinch hitting for baseball, and again with your baseball background, do you still find it because basketball is so much quicker and faster, and you're always talking? Do you find those small little you know lulls or silence? Uh parts of the broadcast do you do you kind of find yourself going, Man shouldn't I be talking kind of thing, you know, be just like I do in basketball?
2: Well, it's interesting. All all sports have a rhythm to it, right? In basketball and hockey there's some similarity to that because you follow the basketball, you follow the puck and in football there's a cadence to it and a rhythm to it, you know, first and ten from the twenty five and uh And and then baseball, it's like you and I talking, you know, right now, but then all of a sudden, you know, there's a line drive into (laughs) left center field, you know, rolls all the way to the wall, rounding first base, heading into second base, is Jose Batista with a leadoff double. And then it's kind of back to, you know, here's the replay, and then it's you and I talking again, top of the second inning, right? And you kind of – so it's baseball from a preparation standpoint – it's an everyday sport, and there's no clock to it, mm-hmm. and because of that, you know the prep is immense, um, and there's nothing like being around the batting cages to get information, um, and you, a lot of that you have more time at a home game than you do a road game, just based upon uh, the availabilities and based upon when you have you tape the open and and different things like that, but. Uh, there is definitely a difference um and and the it it takes you a few games to kind of get back into it uh where you you know kind of take a big deep breath and and allow the game to kind of come to you and um but it's just uh it's 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 a lot of fun mm-hmm. to do
0: Hey, Matt, I really enjoyed this, especially, you know, uh, talking about the broadcasting angle uh, for it being, being in the business for 33 years. I enjoy uh, talking to guys that have been around uh, similar lengths of time and uh, uh, enjoyed our conversation today. Uh, I have a wonderful call tonight against Chicago and I uh, will catch up soon. Thanks for coming on today. Bye.
2: Uh, you got it. Appreciate it. All the best.
0: Yeah, that's Matt Devlin. Toronto Raptors play-by-play, man. Raptors take on Chicago tonight after beating the Miami Heat last night, one twenty-one ninety-seven. We're back to wrap things up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 right after the break. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. I've just been informed that Donovan, the intern, will be doing the Sports 1440 update at 1055. fifty five Woo. This is a big, big, uh, a big, well, what we're talking about here is monumental, Donovan. This it's, is,
1: it's not a sponsored one. So that's the, uh, you oh, know, oh, we, we don't want to shortchange oh, any of come on. our, in, in, just in case. I mean, I've, I've proofread the, uh, the up. We did a practice run earlier. I think I think he's ready, Kev. Uh, if We're he's throwing ready, him into the flames.
0: Uh, hopefully, our texter uh, last <laughs> week that had a, a pretty bad text about Donovan's intro to the show. Uh, won't be listening or will be listening and says Donovan. Outstanding Much improved. Job. Outstanding, Much improved. Donovan. There we go. Donovan's going to be ready to rock and roll it here at ten fifty-five. Mark Spector, among others, down at Oilers practice this morning. Uh, the morning skate optional. Oilers taking on Seattle tonight. Speck is reporting uh, that Stuart Skinner will start in goal tonight. Adam. Adam Ernie comes out of the lineup. Sam Gagne uh, moves into the lineup. It's tough when you have such a successful recipe going on, and obviously Adam Ernie has been contributing to the fourth line in the last, uh, you know, couple of weeks, but uh, Sam Gagne has been uh, chomping at the bit to get in here, and he will draw in on the, uh, <laughs> on the fourth line. Uh, text coming in, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Your candy says, don't screw it up, Donovan. <laughs> You better read over that script, Donovan. I mean, you got about ten minutes. I remember. I remember. Remember, my first ever uh, radio internship was back in nineteen eighty nine at CKCK Radio in Regina. Uh, this is a true story. I don't. I don't mind saying this. Okay, Roger Millions was there, and Peter Labardius was there. It was a two man sports department in, in Regina, six twenty CKCK Radio, nineteen eighty eight. I think, and. The day that I got there, Roger Millions got fired. And I was like, this is the business that I'm getting into. And here we are, whatever, that amount of money, years later. But Peter Labardius, I was doing the same thing as what you were doing, Donovan, are doing. You're writing scripts. You're putting things together. And uh, I asked Peter, who had been there for several years, used to work at Estevan back in the day uh, doing Bruins games. And I said, Peter, do you think I can, you know, do a, a sports cast on the air here? you know, after my two weeks are up or whatever. And he said, "Carriers, it took me two years to crack this market. You're not going to do it in two weeks. So that was my introduction to Peter Labardius um, back in the day. So Stu Skinner in goal tonight. And Skinner has been just phenomenal the last little while. In the last uh, eight games, a 1.48 goals against average and a 9.48 save percentage. Uh, Since November 24th, Stu Skinner is uh, 15-2. and Uh, Playbook Vic, techsin in. Uh, KK, welcome back to the monumental program. Apparently 457 syn- synonyms for the word big in the Webster thesaurus. You could use a new one every day for like two years. Well, some people have asked me about that, why I say welcome back to the big program. That is an ode to... And you know, I, you never want to copy people, but that is an ode to one of the best talk show hosts of all time. And that's why I do it. And there's two reasons. I do a little bit, one of Rod Phillips. That's Rod Phillips. All right, here we go. That is Rod Phillips off the opening. Did you know that, Duke?
1: No, that I didn't. I did. The next one I did know.
0: Yeah. Uh, Welcome back to the big program is what David Letterman said, returning from every break that he ever did on the late show with David Letterman.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that one I knew. Uh, We've talked about that briefly on the show before, how I would watch uh, Letterman after... Uh, two and a half men on Thursday nights when dad and I would get in from uh, from finishing milking. <laughs> We'd finish chores, get in, catch uh, two and a half men with uh, Sheen and mm-hmm. uh, whoever the other guy was. Uh, Matthew Broderick? John Cryer. John Cryer, That's yeah, his yeah. name, yeah. I think he's got a new show up. But I anyway, and then Matthew right Broadway. afterwards uh, was Letterman. Yeah. I'd watch the first uh, first break of that.
0: He let you stay up that late. Yeah,
1: and then off to bed. Because I'd have school the next morning, right? So, so
0: you would watch the monologue yeah. of
1: Dave. Monologue in the first mm-hmm. break, and then usually coming back from the first commercials when it would be, uh, all right...
0: It's, uh, it's time to hit the hay. Larry Bud Melman was one of the guys on the David Letterman show that came on quite frequently. Of course, Paul Schaefer, Canadian from Thunder Bay, leader of the band, band leader. Oilers come in tonight with a 24-15-1 record, 49 points. Seattle uh, had that nine-game winning streak as well. They were kind of going neck and neck with the Oilers along with Florida and Winnipeg matching eight, nine, and ten-game winning streaks. All those streaks are over except for the Oilers still on that 11-game run looking to make it uh, 12 in a row. Oilers, uh, Cal Pickard has been playing well, but... Again, when I was talking to um, uh, Coach Chris Knobloch yesterday and I posed the question, does the All-Star break coming up after these five games – does it make a bearing? Does it have an impact on your philosophy on moving forward, who you play in goal here in the next five starts? Because every game, it's just, you know, it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. That's what it'll be next week. And he goes, you know, it does. Even though they have total confidence in 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 Cal Pickard, these are, this is another big game for the Oilers. And they're, I mean, they're all big games, but uh, I would imagine you'll see Cal Pickard in goal here before uh, the All-Star break. Uh, see, playbook fixes. Didn't know that. Love it. Didn't not, didn't know it, ah, some bozo Weeksy texts in. Tell us how old you are without telling us how old you are. Also, let's go Donovan from Weeksy. Donovan, seven minutes, baby. Are you ready?
1: <laughs> I feel like I feel like you and nasa just put even more heat on the poor kid here. He's gonna be sweating through his. Uh, it's never warm in this studio. No, and not well. It was not the fall, but it's not anymore
0: you getting that like that coat in your mouth right now, Donovan. Is it? Yeah. Where's your water bottle? Yeah. Uh, I've been actively uh, <laughs> sipping on the water bottle for the past about ten minutes here. I'm uh, I'm feeling the burn. This is like an immense gym session right now. If I could I'm, I'm give sweating, you, I'm sweating. I'm just I'm 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 feeling ready though. If I could give you any any advice, and I wish I had them here, I would I would highly recommend that you eat two or three pickled eggs right now. <laughs>
1: as good as it gets straight Uh, off straight off the Delburn bar counter oh
0: yeah get that chalky yolk in your throat (laughs) we'll see what happens at 10.55 man (laughs) um ear candy uh that's another one hey how about this one ear candy says wanna do Letterman introduce everyone as the lovely and talented that was another Dave you can introduce me that way the lovely well maybe how about today for for Donovan the intern the (laughs) lovely and talented Donovan the intern (laughs) There are several critical and key games, some really good games tonight in the NHL. Again, we're on that um, three games one night, 12 games the next, two games one night. So Thursdays and Saturdays and Tuesdays, that seems to be where all the games are. Uh, The big game tonight really is uh, the Rangers in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. Imagine the Ranger fans traveling to Vegas tonight for that one. They are going to be ripping it up uh, on the strip. Also, Calgary is home to... Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs, uh, well-documented. We've been talking about them for the last uh, two, three days about where their roster is, where uh, the direction of the team is going and how many holes they have on the back end. The Oilers exploited a lot of those holes on the back end uh, Tuesday night in the 4-2 victory. But Toronto played pretty well. It was a good game, great game. And then, of course, uh, Seattle here and then Toronto, Goes to Seattle on uh, Saturday night. Nashville Predators also in LA tonight. The Kings struggling even though they are one point ahead of the Oilers uh, in the Pacific Division. The Oilers do have the one game in hand. Um, Also tonight, Colorado and the Bruins. That's the other game I think a lot of NHL fans will be keeping an eye on Uh, Colorado, you know, 29, 13 and three Boston, 26, eight and nine Uh, between that game and the Rangers and Golden Knights. Those are two of the games that you would think would be pretty high uh, on the uh, marks of uh, when people are trying to uh, eyeballs on games is what I'm trying to say uh, moving forward uh, tonight. Uh, Duke anything you want to add? Do you have any voice of, uh, there's some wisdom a I, voice I of reason for Donovan here?
1: Do- Donovan's only at the, uh, coming up on the end of his second week here with, yeah. uh, with us at the station. Second of what I think is about 12 total weeks, uh, pretty near, maybe even a little bit, 14 weeks, mm-hmm. I think maybe. So, uh, yeah, he's still in the infancy. We'll, uh, we'll keep chipping away at it improving day to day, but you mentioned the, um, the, so any, any wisdom I have left yeah. to say, I've already, I've already teed him up. Uh, if he fails, that's on him. And, He'll, uh, he'll be banished, uh, banished to the shadows.
0: Uh, Nails texts in and says, throw a dip in and let her fly, Donovan.
1: Cla- classic
0: cousin Nails. Is that that's, your, that's your cousin? That's again, my dad's yeah. cousin, yeah. Wow. Yeah, cousin Nails. Hmm. Simply amazing. I'm looking forward to that. I might even hang around for the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got a, you got a, a big
1: lunch yeah, appointment. we have a meeting.
0: Then we have the Oilers alumni skate today. Laddie,
1: laddie's not in it again yeah uh, well he probably still recovering from uh, oh, the, al- the uh, alumni media game last week
0: still can't believe when we and, and again everyone with quick card minor hockey can't believe it with how cold it was for the last four or five days how the, the events just continues to run smoothly same thing the john reed memorial tournament starts uh, today in saint albert we uh, had uh, jeff giacobo on uh, earlier in the day but kudos to all the volunteers and you think just to keep these events running in the cold weather that we had simply amazing so uh congratulations to all the volunteers the organizers to keep all these events going uh over a course of you know four or five six days where she was getting down to 40 below in uh, these parts so uh, congratulations to to everyone So a big thank you to a lot of our uh, guests today. Uh, Jeff Giacobo from the John Reed Memorial Tournament. Matthias Ekholm had a lot of good comments on the one-on-one we had with Matthias Ekholm. So uh, it's such a, team guy, and I mean, uh, such a key cog in this Oilers wheel as they get ready to continue this stretch of uh, 11 in a row tonight against Seattle. Ladislav Schmid, every Thursday, one of our uh, main reasons that, I mean, we have so many uh, listeners that text in and, and love Laddie's story and what he's gone through, what he's been through, and where he's going, and, uh, you know, being and he brought his wife and his son in here today. That was a, a lot of fun for sure. Uh, Mark Spector, Frank Allison uh, Luke, Lucan, uh, Seattle Kraken analyst in our game of the day, and i Matt Devlin, uh, great insight on about what it's like to call Toronto Raptors games uh, full time. Two color commentators. You got Alvin Williams over at Sportsnet, then you got Jack Armstrong at TSN. What it's like to mesh with each individual? Uh, at times, you you've got a guy for a game, maybe you got a guy for a week, but it's always tough as a play by play guy to get keep getting used to those color commentators because they are what make the broadcast. They have to be able to analyze, and you have to have that. Uh, You have to be able to mesh. You have to have that chemistry with the guy that you're working alongside. It's very reminiscent and very true. That's how you and I are, Duke, after just 91 shows.
1: Tomorrow, ninety-two. Sorry,
0: ninety-three shows. Oh, it's, I can't even keep track. <laughs> I thought ninety-one was
1: tomorrow, low. Tomorrow, ninety-four. Just another yeah. another one in the another one in the chamber. Ready to rock and roll.
0: Mm-hmm. We already
1: got a already got a great show teed up for tomorrow already too.
0: Well, do you want to give a little snippet, a little harbinger on that, or what? Well,
1: uh, favorite of the station, yeah, of course, uh, the Steele. the Jason Gregor oh, will uh, join. Um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't sleep in this time. Shout out Greger. Uh, he'll be down at the rink, I'm sure, late again uh, tonight post game. So Gregor on at seven twenty with you and He's Eddie not to getting up at seven. Wrap the though. oil game. Uh, Dan Rose of nhl.com at 820 wow. to talk some uh, across the league news and then um well you've uh Spencer Love <laughs> in studio with Love Pro wrestling. one of his wrestlers from All Pro Is Wrestling Is that Thaddeus dude coming in? No, it's uh, a young lady I believe. Oh, uh, one great. of the wrestlers will be coming yeah. in and talking about the uh, this Sunday Oil Kings game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love Pro Wrestling kind of uh pre-game intermissions uh, all sorts of stuff going on so I'm excited to hear about that. And then
0: a couple of guests uh, the Junior Oilers are playing a game tomorrow and these are teams that have kind of Uh, amalgamated together. Uh, So that's a big game tomorrow night. That'll be our St. Albert Dodge game of the day tomorrow night at Bill Hunter Arena, the uh, Junior Oilers. Uh, Coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn at 12 o'clock. Lowdown with Alan Mitchell till 2. And that's when Jason Greger drives us home on Sports 1440 with the Jason Greger Show. Thanks so much uh, for everybody listening this morning. Thanks for all your texts. Really enjoyed the interaction. Uh, Have a wonderful day, everyone. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Uh, Top of the hour. It is Fantasy Frenzy. But first up, here is a Sports 1440 update with the lovely and talented Donovan the Intern.